Dads, do you struggle connecting with your daughters? Join us today as we speak to the dad whisperer, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield on this week's episode of the Noble Man Podcast. Well, folks, welcome to the Nobleman Podcast. I am super excited about our guest today, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Some of you have heard me tell her story over and over again. She is the dad whisperer. And so I am glad to be on the air with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. So Dr. Watson, Michelle, my friend, welcome. Tell us a little bit about how you're doing and where you are. Thank you. Oh my goodness. To be honest with you, I do not know where I am. I, I moved to Arkansas <laughs> 10 months ago. I call it Arkansas because that's where I'm at. <laughs> moved from Portland, Oregon. My goodness, from the West Coast to the South after getting married during COVID for the first time at the age of 60, inherited a tribe of 24 and half of them live here. So here we are. That story alone is just worth a whole nother podcast because the way God worked to bring, and some of you, many of you won't know this, but Ken Canfield, who is now Michelle's husband, is like one of the grandfathers of the fatherhood ministry. I mean, he started the National Fatherhood Initiative, correct? Uh, National Center for Fathering in 90. Yep. Okay. The National Center for Fathering. And so he has been investing in fathers for decades. Mm -hmm. And then I think the two of you met through some work that you were doing with fathers. Tell us about how you met yes. Ken Canfield. Yes. So in 2011, I, every, you know, every other year I go to the world conference at the American Association of Christian Counselors right. in Nashville. That's where it was then. And as you know, a professional counselor myself now, 27 years, you know, it's where I go and get CEUs and connect with, right. you know, her leaders. And Ken was doing a fathering workshop. And so because the year prior to that, January of 10, that's where God had really kind of nudged my heart to invest in fathers of daughters, reached out to him, said, hey, can I take you out for a meal? Which I do with a lot of speakers, you know, sure. just to network and build you know, relationships with people that have kindred spirits. And so over the years then, you know, in a couple of years later, I went to his home and met his wife and stayed the weekend with them in Kansas. And, you know, we then did some speaking together and he wrote the foreword to my first book in 14 and just lots of relationship over the years. He took me to DC with him to the Department of Health and Human Services with 10 fathering leaders in the nation in January of 18. And he always just kept saying, you're, you're a minority in the field of fathering. Right, and right. I want to help champion you because this is rare to have a woman speaking to men. And so we always had an above board friendship. And then his wife died in 19 and we never dated. We never held hands. We never kissed. We never had a relationship in any way that was romantic and separate. God told both of us to marry each other. And he called wow. me out of the blue and said, how would you like to move from professional to personal? And I said, well, God already told me to marry you. So yes. <laughs> what a story. And, and I, you know, I would just affirm everything I know about Michelle and Ken. It's just, the whole thing has been God honoring and just beautiful. Um, and so I'm so thankful for that. It's, uh, it's been quite a journey to watch you guys. Now, let me back up because we've got some ground to cover here. You started in 2010, I think is the date, with this new strategy 
really, you were investing in young ladies as a counselor and said, hey, I am seeing a common denominator in what's going on in their lives. And and so pick up there and tell us how the ABBA project got started and what, what went on with that. So yes, from the time I was 19 on, I have mentored, counseled, invested in young women, teenagers and 20-somethings. Now, has this always been from a Christian perspective? Because mm-hmm. um, you've yep. been a believer since, since you were I was a teenager, six years right? Old. Yeah. Years old, and I'm a pastor's daughter, and I went to Bible college right out of high school. And so again, I've loved Jesus really passionately for most of my life. I was one of those kind of straight arrows that way for Jesus. And so, yeah. you know, then this this kind of unexpected download, that's what, you know, I call it when God just boom, right. it pops into the, our spirit or our mind, a thought. So then it was December of 2009. I'm reading in Luke 1 about how Zechariah was told that his yet to be born son, John, would help turn the hearts, not the heads of fathers to their children. And out of the blue, I just heard God say to me, Michelle, that's what I want you to do. And I was 49 at the time. I'm 62 now. So, okay, I've lived a lot of life, but I was going, fathers? I've never had a heart for fathers. It was always young women, teenage women. I love the messiness of their processes, whether it was, you know, professionally or as as a lay minister at churches and camps. I did that, you know, during college. So, this was such an unexpected download that what I'm going to help turn the hearts of fathers. And two days later I was blow drying my hair and I just heard the name, the Abba project. You know, that Abba means daddy in Aramaic and men love a project, hence the name. And so I went, Oh my goodness. So yes, January of 10, I emailed 11 dads whose daughters at the time were my clients in their teens or their twenties. And I said, would you like to join me once a month? for six months to see if there's a change in you, your daughter, or your relationship. And Mike, 10 of the 11 men said, we're in. That's awesome. I've had people say, men don't add more to an already full plate. But my one holdout, I'll add this, did my next year, by the way. So I got all 11 eventually. But what I discovered is that here's these men sitting side by side each other. They don't know each other. It's you know, the height of discomfort. And I asked them year after year, why are you doing this? And they just said, because we love our daughters. Right. That's what I have loved is seeing men who are willing to talk. They're willing to emote. They're willing willing to be vulnerable, admit weakness, and they champion each other. And when I, as a woman, get to help them understand their daughter you know, from a perspective that maybe isn't their wife or ex-wife or coworker, or maybe they're in a reactive season with their daughter, is I'm wanting to help unpack for men how their daughters are wired, what they need, what other daughters are telling me, or I've gathered research that I'm presenting to them or other authors. And really, like you said earlier, Mike, this is born out of decades now of walking right. amongst women and tracing it back to oftentimes father wounds, Right. Father voids that have them looking for love in all the wrong That's way. right. Yep. You know? And <laughs> if I can help champion men, just like in the ABBA project where I was doing that in Portland, Oregon for a decade. And by the way, that first group, we ended up going a year. 
I've now yeah. honed it to a nine month program. And really that's where my first book was born out of that work with dads. And I love telling their stories. I love telling dad's daughter's stories. And that's kind of right. how the whole thing got started. Well, it, it's just so fascinating to me that guys were willing to do this but I think guys reach a point of desperation where they really do, they think they know what to do with sons. And I'm not so sure that every dad understands even how to invest in his sons. But I know from my personal experience, and we were just talking about this, I've got three sons and a daughter. And, and boy, I need my wife's help. I need someone's help to get my head wrapped around how do I relate to Hannah well? Because I miss a lot of things. I just don't think like she does. I don't understand the world that she lives in sometimes. And so um, I need that help. And so it sounds like these guys, in many cases, were at a point of desperation to fix what they knew was broken because they knew if they didn't get it now, it was going to be a long-term failure. You got that right. Well said, Mike. And then add in the whole piece of how many men are now divorced. So now right. they have their daughter's mom who isn't an ally like you have. Yeah. And so they're trying to navigate connecting with their daughter when their ex-wife may be speaking negatively of them. And it's so messy. I would say probably 75% of the emails I get from men across the country are from dads with estranged relationships with their daughters. And they don't know how to fix it. They don't know where to start. And they really don't know where to go to ask for directions. And so that's really my heart desire is to come alongside men to equip yeah. them with resources that they don't inherently tend to have. Yeah. Now, one of the points that you make early on in, I think, both of your books is that men would rather do nothing than to do something wrong. And, and so I am, I mean, I can relate to that. I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to feel like an idiot. I don't want to trip over myself in front of everyone. Um, and, and so that's why I need the help. And that's part of what you've learned that you can help them make small incremental steps toward winning their daughter's heart. And yeah, you know, guys like to win. And so if they can get a win under their belt, then they have some confidence to move further to take the next step. Is that what you're what you're working through and how you're navigating with these guys? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I find, too, that being a woman in the fathering space, that my desire is to encourage men. So even though I may kind of hit them between the eyes, I also want to really encourage and support them at a heart level, because I think too many aspects of our culture are about beating down men. I think parodies yeah. on television or sometimes in movies is the blundering dad that doesn't right. know what he wants. And what I have truly found, Mike, and man, this could almost make me emotional if I really go here, I'd start tearing up, but is that these men oftentimes in my groups will look at me and go, so tell us, like, you're the token female. What do we do? And I've learned it's kind of been, an, I think, a God-given inherent wiring in me is I'll start by saying, tell me what you think first. I do right. that as a clinician. Like, I don't just want to be the answer woman. And I find that depths of wisdom come from men and they get to be celebrated. Like, yeah. that, like, like, let me tell you one of them. You've seen me and heard me talk about messages on mirrors where I, sure. I help yeah. men understand. And I've done that. <laughs> Yeah, you've done it. Is that often yeah. as women, we look in the mirror and the, if you dads heard what we tell ourselves, 
you would stand and fight for us because it is brutal. It's, it's things like you fat pig. No wonder no guys like you. You're so ugly. And these men are going, I don't even know that she's telling herself that because she never tells me that she has this critical voice in her head. And by contrast, I found that most men look in front of the mirror and go looking pretty good today. (laughs) Get a look at this, you know? I didn't even know that that's what was in her head. My dad, you got to trust me on this. I've had in my head, I've walked alongside too many women that this is pretty much the norm, sadly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's another talk for another day, but I believe it goes back to Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28 about the the goal of the enemy. You know, he wants to crush her head. It's like this is enmity between her seed and his seed and that he was the one that had beauty and perfection and wisdom. I, those are the three things I hear women always say. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not perfect enough. I'm not smart enough. This is wow. all back to the fall kind of stuff. But I'm saying, Dad, you you are made by God to be a champion, a warrior. You know, it's in your right. DNA, whether you know it or not, whether you've been beaten down or not. So I'm standing here going, men, I want to give you an action step because you got to fight. You fight for what you believe in. If you want your treasure and your heart to line up, right? There's a biblical principle. There you go. Yep. You got to take action. What man ever liked a superhero that had no power? I mean, you like like Superman, you like Batman, you know, because they took action. So dad, stepping in, I'll say, dad, here's a dry erase marker. Here's a pack of sticky notes. Today, I want you to go home and write on your daughter's mirror, the beauty you see in her how proud of who you are, that you're praying for her. And I have men go, I can do that. I could do that. That isn't that hard. And here's what I said earlier, Mike, about about a dad that will tell another dad an idea. I had a dad come up to me after National Coalition of Ministries Men Conference, the very first men's conference I ever spoke at. I think that's where you (laughs) and I met, 15, Uh, 2015. And I had this guy named Tim say, hey, I got an away game too. And he pulled the dry erase marker out of his back pocket. I saw him a month after that conference. He said, yeah. I got an away game too. Now, cause I, I, for ministry, I'm gone a lot. I in a hotel room, right on the mirror. And in real time, I take a screenshot, send it to my daughter. I'm like, that is brilliant. Wow. I've never thought of that, but it's a dad telling another dad an idea once they allowed themselves to listen to a woman, because not all men sure. want women telling them what to do because they got mama issues or they felt like the cultures beat them right. down. But I found that men see that I really have a heart desire to champion you as men, to step into your God-given authority and role and impact and influence. And then don't tell don't tell her where you got the idea. I'm just whispering to right. you in the background. Yeah. So I, I need to pause here because she just said, I'm whispering in their ear. And so that's why you've probably heard me mention or seen blog posts where I've talked about Michelle being the dad whisperer. And so she's got podcasts and all sorts of things where she's whispering ideas in your heads, men. She's whispering in your ear. How do you relate to your daughter well? And and I also want to say, um, she commented about being at the NCMM, the National Coalition of Ministries to Men. And it was awesome for Michelle to come in and speak as a men's ministry professional to the men at the NCMM event. And I got to tell you, there were some people who got a little, they got a little antsy about that, but she mm-hmm. did an awesome job and she spoke to our hearts. 
And so part of what I would want to say to you guys is that this is a lady who it, it amazes me having not been married until she was 62. Right. I mean, she just got married for the first time. She gets men better than most pastors I know. And mm -hmm. you, you can judge that by her books. I mean, I, I would just encourage you, we'll put links to her books, but I remember opening up, Dad, here's what I really need from you, her first book, the first time. And I said, oh my goodness, she gets guys. The chapters, like, like I'm looking at a chapter, it's three and a half pages. This is glorious. And there are highlights and bullet points and boxes. I mean, you don't get bored reading Michelle's stuff and every bit of it, she's putting tools in your toolbox to help you win with your daughter. Now, I, I, I want to turn just a little bit. I, I praise her. I could talk forever about what she's done there. But I'm curious about this, Michelle. I tell folks often that I think, men, the softest place in their heart is for their children. And so guys may have messed up marriages, but they're not as inclined to work on their marriage as they are to work on their fathering. And so I'm curious, have you gotten any feedback from guys who said, you know what, Michelle, understanding my daughter, working with you on this has helped me better understand my wife and it has actually improved my marriage because I, there are things about her and her relationship with her dad that I just did not know. And I've been able to love my wife better because of the dad whisperer whispering in my ear. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that to exalt myself, but it's that right. men have learned skills that they right. never heard about in church. They never learned it in a college course. Where would they learn this? I mean, I love Bible studies, but they're not talking about how to be an active listener to your wife. Right. Like, and again, I know there's other ministers or programs that teach these things. So I'm not trying to say mine is exclusive, but something as basic as how do you listen well? Sure. Your wife is a daughter too. And so she may never have had a dad who listened to her. And then you, without knowing it, are replicating a place in her heart that she has injury. And then you're impacting her negatively. And then she's reactive to you. And you're like, what are you talking about? How this, why right. are you blaming me? Because you're triggering something that you had nothing to do with. And so, right. yes, at, the, at a heart level, I love seeing men grow in some of those basic skills of how to ask good questions, how to sure. listen with reflective listening and active listening. And Mike, what you're going to notice here is I love inserting practical tools. Absolutely. While we're talking, I'm not going to wait till the end to go, here's an idea. Right. Dad. So I got to put one in right now, just like the messages. Absolutely. Because I'm all on the dad whisperer that started as radio. Now it's just a podcast, the dad whisperer right. podcast, which is crazy. Now I've been doing that six years. And my goal again is to equip men to lead, equip fathers yep. to lead. So it's not the mentor, the counselor, the coach, the youth pastor. It's the tutor. It's dad. You are called by God to lead. And if you don't know what to do, listen to no, you know, Noble Warriors podcast. Listen to, you know, the Dad Whisper podcast because we right. want to come along with you and cheer you on. So back to what I was saying. I know you thought I took the scenic route and forgot. Welcome to Venus. <laughs> it was, it's a long detour scenic route, but I remember my point. It's I want to tell you how to ask good questions. This, here it is, Dad, that some of you 
work way too hard. And I want to make it easier for you and more successful for you to ask good questions. Because I remember when I was in grad school, the first time getting my master's, my very first counseling class, Joan McElroy, Dr. Joan McElroy said, you're going to be a better counselor if you learn to ask good questions. Right. I say the same things to you as dads. You're going to be a better father and husband and manager at work, which is what one of the guys in the opera project named Rick said once, and is if you learn to ask good questions, but there's a right. trick to it. There's a trick to this and I made it up. So I don't know. I can't give credit anywhere else, but here's what it is, dad. When you hear your daughter say something, you can do it the hard way or you can do it the easy way. Which one do men want, Mike? Oh, definitely the easy way. Tell me the easy way to do it, Michelle. Here, I want to win. the easy way. You listen for the key word in her sentence or the last word in her sentence. And you use that grid that we learned in grade school. Who, what, when, where, why, how. But dad, one of those is the one you got to throw out. Throw out why. Because yeah. most of the time, why is what I call a looping question. Why'd you do that? I don't know. Like you don't get anywhere with why. So really it's right. who, what, when, where, how. You use those five and link it up with the keyword in her sentence or the last word in her sentence. Okay, Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot. We're going to do a demo for all the guys. Awesome. Okay. So you're the daughter. I pick you up from school. I'm dad. And I go, hi, honey. How was your day today? Uh, it was kind of boring. Okay. So then dad might go, oh, that's too bad. And then you go home, men, and your wife's like, oh, you picked her up from school. How's she doing? Oh, fine. You know, she's doing good. How was her day? Oh, she said it was boring. Now, here's the funny thing. For us as women, we think if, you know, if you want to know more about my day, you'll ask me. Men right. think, why would I ask more? You just told me. If you wanted to tell me more, you would have asked me. And then there it sits. But dad, here's right. the trick. So she just told you the word boring, if you, you know, in, right. in a scenario here. Who, what, when, where, how? What about your day was boring? Right. How did it, how did it play out that it was boring? Like you don't have to then go to a whole other topic. That's where you work too hard. Like, well, um, so did you have any tests today? She, yeah. you don't need to work that hard. You listen for the keyword. Okay. So now I say to you, what about your day was boring? Well, we didn't do anything exciting in my chemistry class. We were just covering stuff that we had done before. So it really wasn't much fun. Okay. Now you as a dad might go, oh, wait, I can't think on my feet that fast. I don't even know what to say. That was too many things. Use the last word then. Yeah. Or you can do a repeat back so it wasn't very fun. If you don't yeah. know what to say, repeat the same words back. There's another trick. But if you just said, what was fun? How was it fun? Who were you with that was fun? You do the who, what, when, where, how with the keyword or the last word. Does that seem practical enough to help men open up a conversation by listening and then asking good questions? Absolutely. And, and part of what, I, I mean, I love you coaching on this. We need this. And part of what I would say as, as a longer term perspective on this, I tell folks all the time, I never want to have a terminal relationship with anyone that I really care about or with anyone at all. And so I want every conversation, every question to leave the door open for a next level question. And just having that mindset mm -hmm. that 
Um, this is an ongoing process. A conversation is we're going to toss something back and forth. And and I have to work at that sometimes. And I have to be willing to go to her heart because she's going to close down naturally. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing some of the things I've learned with you and from my wife about relating to my daughter. And and I and I do have to pay attention so that I can keep the conversation going because I never know when the tumblers on the lock for the safe to her heart are going to fall in the right place and the door is going to open and I'm going to get to relate to her at a heart level. And mm-hmm. so I, that is my responsibility as a dad. I don't want some jerk of an 18-year-old guy chasing her and unlocking her heart. I want that to be me. And so I've got to pay attention to how to do that. Absolutely. So I talk about dads, dudes, and duds. And if she isn't getting from you kind of a heart connection, she's vulnerable to the dudes and the duds. And I think another thing, just to springboard off of what you said, Mike, is that if you as a dad take the time to listen well, I mean, Ken said the second book, Let's Talk, he said, you really could have called it Let's Talk and Listen, because he said, That's the key thing, right? We have two ears, one mouth, but it's so hard to do. And so dad, if you're in a particularly tough season with your daughter, where you're talking more at her, you're setting boundaries and you're the heavy that has to come home. Remember, there's always more to the story. And so here's a little download for you as men. When our mouth closes, our heart closes. And you know what I'm talking about, whether it's with your wife, your ex-wife, or your daughter. With we as women, when we stop talking, it ain't good. You can feel the thickness in the air. And I can think of times, like I, I think of this one counseling session I had once, Mike, where it was a husband and a wife. And and it was so, I mean, it was almost sadly humorous, but where she looked at her husband and said, well, remember last week when we were going to Target and, and I and I wasn't talking to you in the store, in the car? And she he goes, when? Remember, it was just a couple days, not just last week. It was a couple days ago. And he goes, I thought you were just in your head and you were thinking. So she thought her silent treatment communicated a lot. He had no clue that she was mad at him. He just thought it was in her head. So I always say men read lines and women read between lines. And so you poor men sometimes are like, where did you get that out of that? And we're over here going, how could you have missed it? It was so obvious. Hence a Martian Venusian kind of miss. But here's back to this truth, dad, is when your daughter stops talking, her heart closes when her mouth closes. But when her mouth opens, it helps her heart open because she feels heard. She feels understood. And even if you go, I have no idea what she just said, you can say to her, I know I don't understand. Help me understand. I want to understand is you facilitating more conversation with her helps her heart open. And when her heart is open, your heart is open. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of the Nobleman Podcast. We hope that you were blessed and challenged by our conversation with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the Noble Warriors website for more resources for fathers. We ask that you share this episode with others, joining us in our mission to see churches equip men to walk with Christ and lead well. God bless you, friends.